0: a podcast where you will hear unfiltered, raw, honest, and uniquely funny interviews with artists you love as they talk about the art they love to make. I'm your host, Ilana Levine. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud. The new web hosting plan from Bluehost, with 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them, not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hey, I heard you need an inspiration. He's a and friends with some revelations. known fact about my guest today. He is the president of the Outer Critics Circle Awards. He also runs Theater Mania. But today we really deep dive into an announcement that the Outer Critics Circle Awards made, which is for the first time in history, there will no longer be gender specific categories. The categories will be best lead performer or best supporting performer, but gender will no longer be part of the narrative. It is thrilling to sit down and talk to David Gordon all about what this looks like and this history-making moment in theater awards. Welcome, David, to the podcast. okay. Everyone, My guest today is David Gordon. David is the managing editor at Theater Mania and the president of the Outer Critics Circle, which is the official organization of writers on the New York theater for out-of-town newspapers, national publications, and other media beyond Broadway. Earlier in his career, David was a reviewer for newyorktheater.com and before that, he was a freelance reporter and began as a news and entertainment editor at his university paper, The Hofstra Chronicle. David Gordon.
1: Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so happy. I get to see you occasionally uh, in the audience of different Broadway shows. Across a, um,
1: across a crowded room. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Sometimes masked. And, uh, and recently I finally got to meet your incredibly impressive wife and, um,
1: she's way cooler than I am.
0: She is. Well, your love story plays out, uh, on Twitter and other places that you post. And it is really beautiful to watch you raise your beautiful young daughter. Um, and just how much the two of you support each other. So a, how beautiful to kind of be able to celebrate love and the things you love together. Um, I had the honor of being on your, I guess it wasn't a podcast, I guess it was for Theater Mania. Um, During COVID, you were doing a lot of interviews on Zoom and sort of were one of the first people to to adapt to that way of interviewing people. But I want to I want to talk about the reason this time I brought you on because you tweeted a couple of weeks ago this announcement on Twitter. And I would love for us to deep dive into it because um it's a very exciting announcement. So
1: yes, please.
0: I will read your words. I hope I I hope I have um printed them correctly, but but what I saw was you posted this season, we will begin presenting acting awards without gender specifications. We will honor lead performers and featured performers in plays and musicals for Broadway and off-Broadway in separate categories. And this was you tweeting as the president of the Outer Critics Circle.
1: Yes, and it is. It's fair. That is all true. It is very exciting. It is uh scary from an administrative perspective, because it uh, it will require a lot of work to make sure that certain things don't happen. Uh, but the, the benefits outweigh the cons. And it's the time to do this. And the time is right. And we just felt it was the next natural step for uh, our 73 year old organization.
0: Which I would love if you could just take a minute and before we deep dive into what it really looks like um, if one were to go to the award ceremony and sort of all that goes into it. And then before that, the nominations and what that's going to look like for for the people who don't know. I mean, I read uh, a description of the Outer Critics Circle, but can you talk a little bit more about the organization and what it means in the industry itself?
1: yeah so primarily the outer critic circle awards are uh uh the one of the precursors to the tony awards it's always you know the outer critic circle awards the drama desk awards and the tony's uh it was founded in 1950 by a group of uh theater journalists who uh worked for publications that weren't the you know the first string new york publications they worked they were Uh, Critics for out-of-town newspapers back when newspapers regularly covered the theater scene, which does not happen anymore. And it was a group of people who basically just wanted to get together and start talking about the theater they had seen and wanted some sort of social aspect around theater going. And because the New York Drama Critics Circle, which also existed at the time, uh was and has stringent rules about they are the New York Drama Critic Circle they only allow in New York publications this group of writers led by a uh, a critic named John Gassner uh and others founded this organization just as as a way to uh be able to talk about the shows they've seen and award uh great productions Uh, On a yearly basis. And that's basically, I mean, that's basically the founding. And it's sort of continued on that way uh, up until recently when we've started bringing in podcasts and websites and all of that. Because as I said, uh, newspapers are doing away with their theater critics on a daily basis now, pretty much. And We've had to adapt, and that's why they brought me on as president. I joined the board about 10 years ago. I became president, I think, six years ago now, and I'm basically tasked with figuring out a way that this organization that is known to be older and a little kooky and all of those things can really figure out a way to adapt into the modern theatrical world.
0: Well I have to say when I was doing an off-Broadway play my name is Asher Lev and it won the Outer Critics Circle yeah. award. It's um it's an incredible event and it is you know it's funny that it's under the radar in a way. I mean it's not within the community but I mean it's really one of the most glorious star-studded warm uh award ceremonies and i feel like an incredibly personal one as well people
1: really love our parties and uh for the people listening to this our parties used to be and it hasn't because of the pandemic anymore well back in the 80s and 90s it used to be like an 11 30 p.m Cocktail party at Sardi's, where everybody would get drunk, and after their shows on, you know, Memorial Day weekend, and they they'd come after the curtain came down, and it was glamorous, and it's you've got that old school world of Broadway that you think about, Uh, and then it became like a a mid afternoon cocktail party on a Thursday afternoon, and last last year we did more of a traditional ceremony because of COVID, and we didn't want to see people at a restaurant, Uh, and we're continuing that way this year because I really like the format of the more uh the more ceremonial sort of thing where you get up on a podium and you speak and
0: and there's an audience and
1: there's an audience and it was really it was really quite moving uh in 2022 because it really was the first awards thing since the pandemic and people uh all of our recipients last year were really uh touched and moved because everybody had the tenor of well we really didn't know if we'd ever get to do this again this being act and live performance yeah yeah it it was a very moving afternoon and uh no people really do like our ceremony
0: i know that the thursday night was a tipsy performance uh back in the day when it was when it was a luncheon um So tell me about this decision. What does it really mean? I mean, mean, as much as you can talk about, there hasn't been a lot about the details as much as just a general announcement. Um, Anything that you can share would be fabulous. Well, it's
1: so interesting. We're still sort of figuring it out. And like I said, there are so many variables to it. But backing up, I've been talking about this for a while. I've seen the value in this for a while Um, because we are getting to a point now where, you know, gender as a construct gender is a spectrum what i you know and my philosophy is and especially now that i have a kid you know i think about like what is it like you know when she's gonna come to me with some of these announcements about who she is or who you know down the line i say she now but obviously who knows we are open to it um and my overall philosophy on this has always been, it's not for me to categorize you, it's your life, you'll tell me how you want to be looked at, thought of, and I have to respect that, and we all should be respecting that. And over the pandemic, we do, I noticed you know, the the question of gender non-binary and trans issues and all of that really came into my mind and really came into the fore of my brain during the pandemic because I started to pay more attention to it. That's not to say I didn't before, but it became a lot more apparent to me that this is where the world is going. This is the way things are shifting. Things are not as black and white as I thought they once were, as the world thought they once were, you know, people are being attacked for who they are for with trans issues and all of that. And for us to really say we represent the full spectrum of the theater scene, we have to honor people for who they see themselves as not who we say they are.
0: Listen, there was just an announcement by an actor who's a, a performer in Anne Juliet, a Broadway right. musical, who announced before nominations have been revealed for the Tonys. Right. We're not up to that yet for Tony season 2023, that they are bowing out of even being considered because the categories don't reflect their perception of who they are and how they travel in the world. So and,
1: and I cannot fathom going up to anyone and saying, "Okay, you're in a show this year. Pick which category you want. Like are you right. male? Or female?" You know, cuz I know for a lot of people sometimes it changes day by day, sometimes it changes hour by hour. You know, it's it's how a, it's how a person views themselves and it's like I said, it's not for me to say okay pick from these two things that you don't feel you are and that's a reflection of the world and that was the sort of thing where that I was trying to get across to my board of directors who were making up you know because this is not a unilateral decision for me this is a we are nine people it is I am the youngest by you know 30 years at least on on my board and you know There are people who see the value in what I'm talking about. There are people who disagree with it vehemently. There are, and, you know, and that's the. And everywhere in between. Right. And as I like to say, you know, that's the ball game. That's why we all come together to do this. Because what we want to do in the end is honor the theater scene as best we can. And my whole thing was, you know, this is the way of the future. And this is how it has to be going forward. And we can't, you know, we can't do things. way they've always been done just because that's the way they've always been done
0: so can we use that show just as an example since that became newsworthy that yeah that yes and juliet has has a performer that that doesn't want to be involved in the process basically so if if you were to um you know i don't know in terms of outer critic circle how many of you there are if everyone has to have seen the show in order to vote, you know, sort of what all the the kind of nuts and bolts behind right. the scenes are. But let's use that show as an example or really any show that you want where yeah, so, there are many leads, many supporting roles.
1: So it started out as so. So the way it was the way it was before this year. Yeah. Uh, We would have Best Leading Actor in a Musical, Best Leading Actress in a Musical, Best Featured Actor in a Musical, Best Featured Actress in a Musical, and that goes for plays, and we would combine Broadway and Off-Broadway, so everybody would be lumped together, and, you know, the thing is, the thing is, in an awards like this where you're lumping together Broadway and Off-Broadway, no, not everybody is going to see everything no we can't really penalize our voters from voting in a category because they haven't seen a random show that maybe have gotten nominated we just ask people be as you know honest and stringent as possible and you know vote for the what they enjoyed the most like vote for the thing that they want to see awarded and you know we try to do it fair, but in a reward setting, you know, I mean, even looking at the Oscars, the Emmys or whatever, you can only be fair up to it. Not, not fair, but, you know, you can only be so controlling up to a point like you're never going to be no one is. ever. I guess what I'm trying to say is no one is ever going to see everything. And and you can't penalize people like the Tonys this year. You can't penalize people if they miss one show in a category.
0: Right. You just hope that they vote on the things they did see.
1: Right. Right. And Rather than a
0: word of mouth nomination.
1: Right. And they're and that they're honest about it. And honesty is the policy that I'm trying to to adhere to the most. Um so this year, so one of the things we realized when we removed gender from the categories is that A, the categories, the selections would be a lot larger because you're doing you know, essentially you're combining the 20 people and best actor in a musical on Broadway and best actress in a musical on Broadway into one category. That would automatically disenfranchise off-Broadway actors too, because those are the shows, the smaller shows, the shows that tend to be forgotten in general. So that's why we decided to create off-Broadway categories too. So that way, even though, you know, we're, Combining a bunch of categories, we're allowing off Broadway to come through and shine more because we realize that those two are people that would tend to be forgotten because they're smaller, they're not on the radar, not everybody saw them. And we want, you know, we want to recognize as many people as we can. Wait, One so of, are
0: you saying just to be clear that rather than all theater, you'll have Broadway categories and off Broadway categories, which you did not have before?
1: Yes. So it we'll was have, best
0: of all theater in New York, yeah. not okay.
1: Yeah, so we'll have Best Act Best Leading Performer in a Musical on Broadway, Best Leading Performer in a Musical Off Broadway, Right. Featured Musical blah blah blah, plays too. So we are actually keeping the we actually have the same number of categories that we have had in the past even though we are removing essentially for eight categories the math the math never works out in my head right
0: right well we're in the theater we don't have to worry about exactly um the thing is is, as you say it it just seems really simple actually It it
1: does seem really simple and on paper it is really simple but there are the you know some of the variables that my board members who are female brought up is you know situations like this you know what if it's a category of where all men get nominated and what if it's a category of all white men that get nominated and you know what if you know why
0: would that i'm sorry i'm i'm i think you're probably stating something really obvious that is feeling like math to me in in what world would there be a year that every best featured do you mean in terms of winners you don't mean in terms of nominations no i mean no ter- i mean in
1: terms of nominations too because people have done studies on this where if you have a gender non-specific category men are the ones who always get nominated
0: right so a, so an acute awareness to that not happening right. would be so, important for your for your people
1: yeah and that's one of the things that we're talking about that we have to be really stringent about is making sure that even though we took out you know gender specifications it's not all one gender and not everybody is white not every you know and that it truly does represent the full breadth of the theater Mm, scene right and, and not just you know not it's
0: sort of why people don't i mean obviously in some ways, these awards are the bread and butter of the organizations that that sponsor right. them. But it does bring, you know, you know, I have a, a, a Tony podcast. It's called yeah. "The Award Goes To," and and it's been really interesting. That too was kind of born out of there were no Tonys happening. So how do we keep the party going? Right. <clears throat> and feed Tony content to people. You know, I say this all the time. We live in New York. We have the great fortune of seeing stuff. These award shows, the televised ones or the ones you can watch on your computer are really meaningful for people who can't get to the theater and live all over the world that's their only chance of seeing a snippet of this show although more and more bootlegs and there are ways in which people are seeing entire shows on their youtubes so it does beg the question why awards right? right as opposed to just celebrate yeah. All, and and so do you, what do you think about that? I mean, I've had guests who are sort of in retrospect going, it was a really incredible night. I'm not sure how I feel about it in retrospect. Well,
1: and, you know, it is really hard because how can you say, you know, how can you say one person's performance is better than an, one person's excellent performance is better than another person's excellent performance? And especially now, one. it's funny, one of my members coming at this from a negative connotation was like how would you be able to lump together Nora from a doll's house in king lear and you know that's a perfectly fair thought because you know one lead role is not the equivalent of another lead role but is you know from that perspective of is there a difference between male and female and non-binary acting no there's not acting is acting um
0: well, it's a pretty subject i mean all of it is completely right. subjective right all of it, all of it i is, would argue right. that actually those are incredibly good comparisons i think nora and king lear actually uh, right. for my money would are, would be right. really great examples of like yeah they're both unbelievable roles and unbelievable un- plays
1: right for uh, unbelievable performers
0: yeah i'd actually so that's a great example of you know, if we you are turned, going down this route,
1: and you and you just turned it around on the person that said it to me in a negative connotation. So yeah, I was perfect. like, no,
0: it's exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, I'd like to see that in a in some kind of lip sync battle. Yeah, um, <laughs> Rose,
1: from, Rose from Gypsy opposite Tevya from Fiddler on the. Yes, like,
0: it would right. be. Yes, I would. I. It's a tie, as right. far as I'm concerned.
1: Uh, as for the validity of awards, uh, that's a that's a question that's sort of above my pay grade in terms of you know. We do it, you know, and it's funny, I always talk about, you know, I my organization tends to be older. It's a lot of older people. It's people in their 80s who, and this is not a dig at any of them, but I'm shocked that so many of them have returned on our membership because it's much harder to get around now, I've noticed, for people. And a lot of people have safety issues in Manhattan with crime and-
0: And uh, COVID. I and mean, COVID. in real COVID. physical yeah, period. health COVID. issues. COVID, right you're more vulnerable. Absolutely. Right.
1: So I'm surprised as many of my people have come back as they have, but you know, they all love going to the theater and they're all writing for their blogs and stuff.
0: Yeah. It's incredible.
1: Uh, and so, you know, I often said to my wife during the pandemic, like everybody like, do we, should we even do this again? Like, is there, is there even a point of like continuing this organization? And my wife is always like, you don't, you don't actually realize how important this organization is to, to the community itself in terms of marketing, in terms of, you know, advertisements. And I realized that more and more when I see all of these signs, it's like winner 12 Tony Awards, winner 15 Drama Desk Awards, winner five Outer Critic Circle Awards or whatever. And I never realized until recently how much of a factor in marketing all of this stuff is. Right. And because half of the shows, half of the success of a show is just marketing these days and everything needs to get butts in seats. And if, you know, my, you know, my outer critics are our outer critic circle awards. If that is a thing that's gonna get three more people in seats and sell three more tickets. And that makes the difference between a show closing on a Sunday and a show staying open for another week. You'll take that's, it. That's the importance to me.
0: Yeah. Can I, can I ask you, since I have you here?
1: Sure. Um, ask so... me whatever, ask me whatever you want.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what's your favorite show no I talk about theater mania because I I sort of theater mania is a word that has been in my life for as long as you know I've been an actress in this community Uh, and and I today I was like I'm gonna deep dive on the theater mania website because I kind of want to really understand um you know my friend David is is the managing director of this entity yeah Uh, and so um, a managing editor. I'm sorry. Yeah. Although you wear so many hats, there, I'm sure. I do. And director I director is a good.
1: I literally and I literally work my way up from freelance photographer to now I more or less run the place. The, so, the which website. is
0: incredible. Yeah. Um, talk about what it is when you know when you talk about something as like an entity and where its power in the community sort of lies. Can you talk a little bit about? this home that you've had, uh, as, as an employee. Yeah,
1: the, my, my entire professional career in my home, um, and, you know, I came into it, uh, 13 years ago now this summer as a freelance photographer, um, and I was really, uh, lucky and fortunate that it has really, it really has been my bread and butter for so long in an industry that is so volatile, um yeah it was created in 1999 as a you know as a project of like a listings project we're going to throw up as many shows as we can on this site for people to to discover and attend and see theater and it just sort of ballooned into that it's a news site we do reviews we do features we do a lot of interviews uh these days i look at our reviews as our bread and butter because we uh have developed a voice that people recognize and are uh, uh, news, we are trusted sources, I like to think. Uh, but it's really, you know, for a long time, there had been a uh, the thought that, you know, we're an industry website, we're a website like Playbill, we're a website like broadway.com, and we sell tickets, we mostly do discounts. Uh, and I sort of, after the pandemic, tried to veer us away from the industry stuff, because, you know, there are so many websites that do industry stuff The, you know, I used to go to every Broadway opening night and take pictures and interviews and all of that. And I'm sure that's where we probably met years and years ago, too. Uh, And what I, you know, in the age of Instagram, in the age of post pandemic, I'm like, what is the value of a website like this? And for me, it's to get butts in seats to some degree. It's a, you know, how do we convince people that are still afraid to buy tickets to buy tickets? And so now instead of doing the like, yeah, we're gonna cover every opening night, which we're not gonna really do anymore, we're gonna do a do you hear my baby crying in the background? It's lunchtime. That's uh,
0: that's really the content I'm here for. Yeah, let's yeah, be yeah, honest. Same. All right. Well, we don't want her to go hungry. Let's no, let's... It, no
1: it's no, it's fine. My in law, my in-law. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah no and it's you know so now my goal is you know how do i you know how do we act as a concierge for people to really uh uh to really convince them to come see a show Mm -hmm. And so that's what we do the company used to be owned uh by a couple of people now it's owned by a company called audience view which is a canadian ticketing company
0: is uh, it a subscription, like, do, does one, because I was looking like, oh, I didn't know you sell tickets, and and so I was looking, and then you have to join, or you subscribe, like, well, like so is there ha- a membership aspect well, of so Theater Mania?
1: You can sign up for our emails on the website very easily. You'll get our daily newsletter with all of the finest news, reviews, features you could think of for Broadway. We also have Theater Mania Gold, which is a seat-filling uh, service. And uh, per the rules of that, I'm not allowed to talk about that, but it's, you know, for
0: early days in a performance where early, you need yeah. audiences and, and yes. they may not be there yet.
1: And you pay, a, you could pay a yearly fee or a monthly fee. I think the yearly fee is still $99, like a, a, in the hundred range. And you
0: get to be a seat filler.
1: You get to be a seat filler and it's, I think, $5 a ticket or and or so. And it's more than theater. It's comedy. It's music. Occasionally we get Yankee games on that's there. That's
0: amazing. People amazing. Yeah. people should know about that.
1: I know. And they do
0: know. We just told they,
1: them. Right. So <laughs> that's what, so that's, so that's what we do here. Okay. Uh, yeah.
0: All right. That's, last question. Yes. And maybe this will connect to your little known fact. Um, you have been. Yeah. I mean, I definitely was interviewed you on by you, you know, when I yeah, do a show it, it, on the yeah. red carpet on opening nights, but, um, you have immersed your life in theater professionally for a very long time now. Um, very
1: long time. <laughs> what is
0: it, what is it, what was your, um, you know, gateway to theater?
1: Uh, I grew up in New York and I was very fortunate to have parents that didn't care about sports and wanted me to immerse me in the arts. Uh, yeah, no, I, I went to theater at a really young age. My first show was Beauty and the Beast with Carrie Butler and Terrence Mann, and I have told them both about that. Yeah. Uh, and then my second show was You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown with you and you and your cohorts. Yeah. Uh, and then my parents and grandparents got tired of all the kiddie stuff and started taking me to like Brandon Noise, Bring into in Funk. And, and <laughs> had a gabbler with Kate Burton and Michael Emerson when oh, I was looking wow. you
0: know, yeah. for it. And,
1: Edward Albee's The Goat when I was way too young for it but you know the producers was my bar mitzvah present with the original cast uh and yeah no I saw it and I was just sort of like I don't want to be an actor but I want to do stuff in theater and I've just sort of I went into writing because it was a way for me to get my feelings about it because you know there are not many you know precocious tweens and teenagers who go to the theater regularly especially in you know inner city New York City where you know I grew up in in Queens and it was the furthest thing from a lot of people's minds yeah, yeah. I started writing just for myself as a way to talk to no one about the stuff that I had seen and the things that I liked and I have been very fortunate enough to parlay it into a career yeah that still deeply enjoy despite a lot of my protestations in person <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. that's kind of amazing um I know to have an avocation that's also a a occupation
1: my is... mom says that all the time too
0: about you or about, yeah, about your life. no about okay. no about
1: me <laughs> that I've managed to turn you know my my hobby into into my job and.
0: Well, that's, I mean, anyone who figures out how to do that is someone, you know, who's masterclass. I want to, I want to attend. Yeah. Okay. So is there a little known fact you can share before I let you go?
1: Ooh, a little known about anything or about, Mm -hmm. about. mm.
0: Anything, anything on the planet.
1: Well, you know, my wife and I met on a red carpet. Do you know that story? I do not. No. So she and I, uh. Met, yeah, we met on a red carpet. She, uh, prior, to, she works in television now, but prior to that, she was a celebrity publicist. And one of her clients was the Lucille Lortel Awards, which represent, which is you know awards for off Broadway theater. And I was f- taking photos at the event, and she was uh, there as the publicist for the event. And you know, we spent a long night in the Skirball Center press room, which was a classroom downstairs in the basement, eating cold pizza and talking about how neither of us wanted to be there because it was a Sunday night. Uh, Three years later, we started dating because she was seeing people and I was waiting
0: for her to stop seeing people.
1: Right. And I'm not very good with social cues in general. So what do I know? Right. Uh, Yeah, that was, we met. uh, Yeah. And then we started dating. It was the year of uh, Groundhog Day and uh, the Dear Evan Hansen Tony matchup and she was Andy Carl's publicist. And I was
0: there the night Andy Carl had an accident. On I was stage.
1: too I was too. that that was the night that was that was what cemented Felicia and my relationship because we uh I was because there. because so
0: that... they they took the curtain down for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah. and
1: yeah. it was right towards it was right towards the end of the show. It looked yes, like it was, it, it was crazy. And she she was not there, but uh we hadn't been, we hadn't talked in a while. And she had messaged, she had texted me during the intermission of that show to ask me a question. I was like, oh, I'm seeing Andy in Groundhog Day. And she's like, oh, let me know what you think. And, you know, the curtain comes down. And I'm like, hey, I think your boy just like something bad happened to really him.
0: Really hurt himself, yeah. And she
1: was like, she was like at a party with friends and she was kind of drunk. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking, excuse me, what the hell are you talking about? Um. So I texted it So I was like, yeah, you, you you probably should, probably should get on this. And yeah, you should probably
0: meet him at the ER in about right, five they, minutes,
1: and literally we haven't stopped talking ever since
0: well, I can't believe I got to be there. i yeah. I, I can't believe while you're texting your future wife, I'm texting my husband at home going to be, this is, to be
1: like to be this is crazy.
0: Well, then he finishes the show the whole thing miraculous miraculous was crazy. Um,
1: and it's funny, I was messaging Orfe at the same time because she saw it on Twitter. And she was like, "Can anyone give me info?" And I just yeah. messaged her, and I was like, "This is what's happened." She's like, "She was freaking." It, the whole that whole night was just so strange.
0: It was freaky. I mean, talk about talk about. I sometimes ask the question: The show must go on? Question mark? Should it? Less- right. <laughs> but his adrenaline. I mean, he he did it. It was,
1: and you know, it was a critics' night. I was reviewing the show, and I, you know, I guess. I guess the the force of theater like he was like I knew I I know I have to finish the show even yeah. though I'm not gonna be able to move which is even
0: though we just and you and you could see it like you you could you, you could saw the jet ge- like absolutely. you saw it and you were like it's like watching a figure skater you were like oh yeah oh you um, could have ab- yeah oh my god I haven't thought about
1: that at and he, and he, I know and it's funny, it's funny whenever whenever I see him and I I think to myself, you thank you, thank you for uh thank you for creating my Isn't family. Isn't that
0: incredible? I and just it, said that to Katie certainly. Finneran because my husband and I, one of our first dates uh together was seeing noises off. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and I mean, hilarious production. And and uh, we were there because Tom McCarthy was a friend of ours right. who's now become the Oscar winning director, Tom McCarthy. But right. Everything she did, like we, we were literally sort of grabbing each other because we, we didn't know how else to stop laughing. And That's we how were I feel
1: t- about Katie Finner and just like walking down the street. It's oh just my a, God. A, a, a she's, yeah.
0: I know she's so hysterical. And I was just saying to her and, and she's like, how did you never tell me that? I was like, I'm sure I have. You've just. Right. <laughs> I think you've forgotten, but it is really amazing how people are um little angels and and cupids without even knowing it. Without even yeah. You know? All right. Well, well, it's lunchtime at the Gordon is, household. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. I'm thank really you. I'm really proud of your organization and thank you for leading the too. way. It's,
1: it's I I always worry about this sort of thing because I come off flippant uh to some degree about the importance of my organization or whatever um but no this is a really important thing and i'm really proud of us for taking the step that we are taking because uh it is necessary and it's it's necessary to show that we're allies to the industry and we are cognizant of the world around us and we're not just sort of blind to struggles that people are actually having to figure out who they are in general and uh
0: and even beyond that celebrating it right yeah celebrating it in such a beautiful way um when are the 2023 our critic circle going to be these awards
1: our nomination let me pull up my phone calendar please do please do so it's always the Thursday before Memorial Day. So it'll okay. be the 25th, it'll be the 25th. They'll be presented.
0: And where are they happening this year?
1: The Bruno Walter Auditorium at the Performing Arts Library at Lincoln Center.
0: Beautiful. The space. good
1: thing about our organization is that we announce our winners in advance. So it's not the sort of thing where people are sitting like, oh, my God, did Nauscious.
0: I win? Nauseous. Exactly. Right.
1: So winners will be announced on the 15th of May or 16th of May. And nominations will be announced on April 25th. Working my way backwards.
0: I just found out. I don't know if you know this. Alice and Janney told me that actually there are incentives to keep your Oscar acceptance speeches short. Like there's literally prizes awarded. Really? To which I was like, mostly the people winning Oscars like they need a weekend at a spa. Like they've right, already right, right, like, exactly,
1: right. I'll exactly. take that. I'll take a weekend. at a
0: spa. Exactly. So I'm not sure really what the gift bag includes if you keep it down to the timing that, you know, we don't, we don't have, we
1: don't have any of those incentives, but we do have to clear the space at six o'clock. Right. So
0: you might want (laughs) to offer, I don't know, a a weekend at a spa to keep it all within the timing. My
1: my joke is that I always know how long the ceremony is going to run depending on how many British shows are nominated because the British nominees or winners are never going to fly out for it. (laughs)
0: so it's perfect so there may be a lot of that this year um david thank you i can't wait to see you again in person i know much fun
1: when we last saw each other at Mike biglia show i think yeah yeah
0: i love that show so much um all right sweetheart have a great day thank you thank you Little Known Fact. Now you can watch hours and hours of my interviews with your favorite artists as they talk about the art they love to make on YouTube. That's right. I have a YouTube channel. It's called Little Known Facts with Alana Levine. Catchy, right? Subscribe and enjoy Little Known Fact. If you want to donate to the podcast, just go to Little Known Facts Podcast.com forward slash donations. Thank you so much in advance for your generosity. Have a great day the wind blow, bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are Little Known Facts that now, you know. This episode of Little Known Facts was edited by Nicholas Klar. We record in New York City. The Little Known Facts theme song was written and recorded and sung by Georgia Famusa, with backup vocals by Caleb Famusa. Thank you.